the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Christina. Is WWTC Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRockstra. Fighting is raging on multiple fronts in Ukraine with intense combat in the besieged port city of Mariupol amid Russian attacks around the outskirts of the capital, Kiev. The faint sound of shelling and gunshots could be heard across the horizon in Mariupol as plumes of grey smoke floated above houses in the war-torn city. In Kiev, Tatyana Zubenko, whose house was destroyed by shelling, says she's thankful she is still alive. In my building, about 400 apartments and everybody alive. Other people not so lucky. In Kharkiv, a man is pulled out alive from the rubble of a shelled building. He was buried 10 feet deep. With blood dripping on his face, he thanks the emergency services for all they do. I'm really grateful for the rest of my life. They're just brilliant. I'm Karen Chamas. This is SRN News. Dennis Prager believes there's a price to pay. A lot of good, good folks in America feel America's not the world's policeman. I believe America is the world's policeman. I'm sorry to break it to my fellow Americans. There is a burden in being the strongest, wealthiest country on earth. It comes with a price. It comes with responsibility. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at 11 on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. AM 1280, The Patriot, coming to you from the Kirby and Christina Realty Studios. And join us for a night of debate with leading conservative candidates for Attorney General Thursday, March 31st at Providence Academy in Plymouth. Reserve your seats at am1280thepatriot.com. Your weather today, sunny and a high of 52. Tomorrow, some fog, but then mostly sunny and a high of 61. Brad Carlson is in for Mitzburg, and he continues next right here on The Patriot. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Bird. Welcome back, Twin Cities and world. It's the Wind Beneath the Right Wing, the show that says, bring us your tired, huddled masses seeking to yearn for red or whatever Mitch says. Hey, the gig is up. Mitch Burke, the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. He is away on assignment today. But fear not, Mitch will be in for me tomorrow from 1 to 3. Who am I? Oh, come on, you should know me by now. I'm Brad Carlson, uh, the closer uh, of the Northern Alliance Radio Network, normally heard on Sundays, 1 to 3 p.m., but honored to fill in for Mitch uh, every once in a while on a Saturday. Saturdays are kind of nice to do uh, once in a while. I uh, get a broadcast in and have the rest of my week- weekend to do uh, whatever, because normally Sundays get kind of hairy. You know, I'll go to church in the morning, and after church, uh, come down here to Egan, get an early lunch, and, uh, you know, do the broadcast. So, But uh, we are honored to be filling in for Mitch today as he is away on assignment. And we're here to take your phone calls as well, 651-289-4488. 
You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And we do have the live stream up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. So if you want to uh, go to Facebook.com, do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Uh, you can follow along on the live stream there as well. Uh, we do have uh, Gary from War Road uh, checking in, as well as uh, Wild Wilson. Uh, Wild, formerly of Bloomington, now uh, down in the uh, uh, mega freedom state of Texas. Uh, gentlemen, we always uh, appreciate you do, uh, tuning in. As a matter of fact, um, it's bump. So... I'm sorry, uh, we're doing an on-air production meeting. What's that, Gabe? You can you can talk in the air if you want. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I just we got your guest. Do you want to move him to two fifteen? Yeah, now? yeah. Let's. Let, um. All right, you know what? We can take him now if he's ready. Is he ready? Okay, fantastic. Well, we will. Uh, uh, we're kind of stalling a little bit, hoping our uh, a guest would come on. And by the way, did you see North Carolina prevailed. Uh, they prevailed in overtime. I did see that. It screws up my bracket a little bit, but not too much. Sorry so. for the spoiler, folks, for those of you who wanted to maybe DVR it later. Do people DVR stuff anymore? I don't even know. but uh, <laughs> I do. Okay, fair enough. Well, you saw the game, so I'm not spoiling it for you. Uh, but, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, as, as we mentioned, we want to take the uh, second segment to talk about uh, some national news stories. As I uh, talked about in my broadcast last week, uh, it was recently the two-year anniversary of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. It was March 11, 2020, when it was declared by the World Health Organization as a global pandemic, and the government's uh, response to said pandemic. Uh, there was a poll done recently that would indicate that the response was, um, to put it mildly, left wanting. And here uh, to talk about that right now is uh, Casey Maddox. Casey is with the Americans for Prosperity and is vice president for legal and judicial strategy with AFP. Uh, their firm uh, did a deep dive analysis into a poll that shows Americans, again, the re- government response to the pandemic, left wanting and definitely not feeling as free as they once were. Uh, Casey Maddox, an honor to have you on the broadcast today, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. So we uh, want to do a little uh, more dive into this uh Poll again. This was a survey from YouGov and Americans for Prosperity, revealing reduced uh, trust in public leaders over handling of public health choices. I uh, want to get into some of the specifics of that in a bit, but I got to be honest with you, Casey Maddox. Uh, I myself, who's engaged in politics, obviously having a political talk show every week, uh, certainly not surprised at the level of ineptitude and let's be honest, some borderline corruption within some government circles. Uh, I guess I was surprised that the public at large, who is not as engaged in some of these things, were shocked, shocked that uh, our leaders uh, rather inept in handling this pandemic, uh, Casey Maddox. Well, you know, I, I think what we basically saw out of this poll was uh, across the board, people believe that uh, all of their civil liberties uh, are on uh, less sure footing now than they were two years ago before the pandemic. Mm. Um, and that there is this, uh, you know, at, at all levels. Uh, federal, state, local levels that people have lost some confidence in government officials. I think those two things are closely connected because when you see government uh, just uh, simply not being, uh, you know, uh, not making sensical decisions, not communicating them clearly, not living by the rules that they are they are imposing on other people, um, all of those sorts of things that we saw during the pandemic, uh, I think it, it causes people to uh, to be rightly concerned that uh, these same government officials can't be trusted with protecting their civil liberties. Uh, and I, I think that's where we are after two years of COVID. You know, I, I, um, I, I never want, I'm always hesitant to cast dispersions or maybe project at what some people are thinking, but specifically our, our elected officials. Uh, you know, 
we understand how it can kind of, uh, when they get into that particular position and they start enjoying the perks of being in representative government, that it be, could be difficult to, to see things uh, more clearly. Do you think there's a sense, and again, uh, you know, I'm, maybe I'm asking you to play psychologist here, but do you think there's a sense that our elected officials, you know, when you when you hear we're all in this together, but by and large didn't really have to make the sacrifices that regular everyday Americans had to make. Do you think that that had a, a specific impact and how they responded to this pandemic? Yeah, I think that's a significant factor here. Um, I, you know, I think when, when people, particularly commentators, tend to look back on the last two years, we sort of, um, you know, maybe we just sort of expect hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so people look at situations where government officials would, um, you know, we're requiring masks and then not wearing the masks or, you know, uh, those kinds of situations. And we sort of expected it. But I think the reality is that for the, for the average person, if you're being told um, that something is critically important for public health and you have to give up some liberty uh, and you're seeing your government officials unable to, uh, to make those same you know, decisions for themselves, if you decree one thing and do another, uh, it destroys public confidence. Uh, and I, I think that's basically what we've seen for two years. Well, I, you know, you, uh, there was a part of this poll that indicated, uh, you know, talking about civil liberties, about uh, specifically um, the ability to voice your opinion or the freedom to exercise religious beliefs. The one thing that I pointed to uh, within a couple of months, uh, three, four months maybe, <laughs> excuse me, after the pandemic began, was obviously the civil unrest, particularly what uh, predicated upon what happened here in the uh, Twin Cities with the uh, with the killing of George Floyd and the unrest that took place and these huge mob of protests crushing together with uh, no social distancing and middling mask usage. And I'm I'm not here to say that the protests weren't virtuous. In fact, I I agreed with a lot of what these protesters were saying, but uh, it, it definitely seemed to be a distinction between a protest for a movement like that and then protests uh, in front of, well, right here in Minnesota as well, the governor's mansion, because the governor was given unilateral powers to make COVID decisions, and that were where people were condemned for not social distancing and for not wearing masks, whereas the bigger, larger crush protests brought an area mentioned, Casey Maddox. Was that uh, kind of a distinction that you saw and which protests were uh, sanctioned and which weren't? It, it was, I, you know, when uh, we asked about uh, that issue specifically, um, you know, the degree to which people perceived that the government was applying its COVID rules equally to everyone, uh, and 55 percent of Americans, it was a, in a pretty wide range. I mean, about 55 to 20 um, said government was had not applied uh, COVID restrictions equally to everyone. Uh, and again, e- even if the COVID restrictions make perfect sense, even if they're totally logical, they're good ideas. Um, it's the right public health move if the perception is that only some people are having to to uh, to comply with them. It's going to be difficult for uh, for government people to have public trust um, in, in rules like that. I think these you know situations like that, um, as well as the government officials themselves uh, not being able to comply with their own rules, uh, really put the government behind the eight ball in trying to persuade Americans that it was making wise decisions and an emergency basis uh, for public health reasons. People perceive that uh, this is not solely about public health. It's also about something else. Uh, and that's that's a, a challenging place to be. If you're government trying to uh, address a pandemic, you need public trust. And uh, government at all levels just does not have it. 
one alarming trend that was also brought to the forefront is you had uh, the Biden administration, particularly uh, one of the press briefings that his press secretary, Jen Psaki, had given, talking about how they are looking or maybe even actively working with some of our social media companies on rooting out uh, misinformation or what they deem misinformation. And the scariest part of that is some things people were saying early on in the pandemic, which was characterized as misinformation, turned out to be accurate science <laughs> later on in the pandemic. So uh, to get back to this point about uh, online speech and misinformation, you also took a survey or a particular poll on that aspect of it, and uh, people were rather alarmed by those uh, trends, Casey Maddox. Yeah, this is one of the most interesting findings, I think, uh, in, the, in the survey. We asked, um, this first time I think this has been asked this way, uh, we asked uh, about what government should do about misinformation online related mm-hmm. to COVID. So let's assume that, uh, you know, we all agreed what misinformation was, but what should government do about misinformation related to COVID online? And we gave people three options. Either the government should just take a hands-off approach, do nothing at all. Uh, government should use its own voice and tell people, uh, you know, what it uh, what it thinks the science is, what it thinks uh, the correct answer is, right. um, and why what they're, they're seeing is, is untrue. Um, or the government should just completely ban misinformation online. Uh, now, that, that third option would first of all, violate the First Amendment. So there's all kinds of problems there. But the interesting thing to me was that uh, about 30% of Americans said that uh, government should ban misinformation online, but that was led by about 52% of Democrats. I was surprised, honestly, uh, that a majority of Democrats Mm. uh, would think that it's a good idea to ban COVID misinformation for the the reason that you are are suggesting there. you know, if you, if you said, uh, if you made a, a statement, for example, at one point in the pandemic about the effectiveness of the vaccine in addressing COVID, it, it may have been untrue. Uh, and then when you we, we move from Delta to Omicron, it may have become true. Right. Um, so how does government, you know, assess what is misinformation and what's not? Because the, the same statement is true or untrue, depending upon uh, changes in variants, for example. And that's just one example of ways that, you know, the science changed um, over the course of, uh, or at least the understanding of the science change uh, over the course of this pandemic. Um, the, the encouraging thing there was that, um, you know, I think most people assume that it's the younger generation who would be the most uh, censorious. Uh, and 18 to 24-year-olds were actually by far the least likely to say that government should ban misinformation online. Uh, so that's at least a, a hopeful sign uh, that for the younger generation, they look at those those options um, and recognize that there is harm that would be done if government tried to, to use its heavy hand and actually ban people from saying things online. Uh, th- this may be a, a bit of a tangent, but I want to, but at least is related to uh, people conveying opinions and sharing things online, particularly on uh, platforms such as Facebook and Twitter. Those are kind of the more prominent ones in our in our country today. Uh, we often hear of the CEOs of these respective platforms talking about, look, we can't, we're, we're, uh, we're the arbiters of facts and truth here. We can't have misinformation on our respective platforms. We have a, we have a duty to, to ensure that that gets rooted out. And, and they almost speak as if there is some sort of legal ramifications if they allow that particular speech on their platforms. Now, Casey Maddox, you be having the legal background. Isn't there a distinction between if someone just, Joe Schmo posts something that may be factually dubious on Facebook. Isn't that a little different than uh, what may appear in, say, like your local newspaper, what an opinion columnist may write? Uh, what's the distinction there? 
Well, in terms of liability for, for Facebook or Twitter or anyone else, they're, they're not going to be responsible, okay. um, you know, for what other people post online, which is a very good thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that's, uh, that's one of the uh, Section 230, for example, uh, not to get too far into policy, but Section 230 gets a lot of, uh, of bad publicity. Um, but one of the really important things about Section 230 is it basically says, look, um, these platforms don't have to go censor people yes. in order to, to not be liable themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have to go find all of the you know, bad information and take it off in order to avoid liability. They just can't be sued over um, you know, allowing people to post things online. So um, you know, I think that's, that's obviously very important. Um, but you know, I, I think they are in a difficult position, the platforms to, to some degree in a difficult position, because you have people with different expectations of what they want to see. And ultimately, they're a business. They're trying to get customers to, to come on their platform. Right. And you're going to have a lot of us who, who, you know, what we want is the ability to be able to say whatever I want. You're going to have other people who, uh, when they encounter things they don't want to see, that's going to cause them to not want to be on the platform. That puts, a, puts the platforms themselves in a difficult spot when their goal is just to maximize eyeballs on the platform. Yeah, it it always seemed that's been the frustrating thing from my perspective is it always seemed like they were trying to play both ends of it. It's just like, you know, they want to open it up to as many people and get as many like you said as many eyeballs as they can, but then they almost imply without actually saying it that they have some sort of legal obligation to not allow misinformation, which as you have very uh nicely conveyed that's not the case. They don't have uh, any legal obligation one way or the other, but they make it sound like that. And it's hard to uh, reach any other conclusion that they're just using their bias to censor uh, information that they don't want on their platform that might hurt their preferred candidates or elected officials, i.e. the Hunter Biden laptop story. Well, you know, I think the uh, it, it's ultimately going to be, um, you know, all of us in the marketplace that are that are ultimately going to end up making a decision on this because uh, platforms, uh, as as open as they're going to be on speech, the the decisions they're going to make um, are going to be decisions that uh, that we all get to vote on. We just get to vote with our feet and with our dollars. Um, whether that's a, a a platform that we want to spend our time on, um, that's that's ultimately what's going to be you know the the thing that holds them accountable um, and you know affects the the decisions that they make uh, is going to be. Uh, you know, how, how much viewership are they going to have? Um, and so I think ultimately, uh, is, as you know, it, it often feels like uh, that people are powerless in these situations, but I think ultimately you have exactly the power you would want. Uh, they, they have to right. be able to, to, uh, to cater to us in order to, uh, to be able to keep people on their platforms. Once again, we've been joined uh, by Casey Maddox. He is the Vice President for Legal and Judicial Strategy at Americans for Prosperity. And if you want to uh, read more on this poll, see some of the, see some of the elaborate uh, bar graphs and whatever else uh, regarding uh, people's concerns over civil liberties in the era of COVID, uh, just go, for, go to americansforprosperity.org, and they have linked to it uh, on their uh, particular website. Uh, Casey, we appreciate your time today. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, have a great rest of your weekend. And, uh, again, we appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. AM1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Me, Brad Carlson, filling in for the headliner, Mitch Berg, back in mere moments. Go nowhere. Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. 
Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Hi, it's Keith Hitner Sr. here. Tune in on Sundays at noon for your real estate chalk talk where we study the science of buying and selling real estate and the art of living in your home. Get the solid real estate facts you need from Keith Hitner Sr. and Keith Hitner Jr. of Colwell Banker Burnett and their team of experts. Tune in to Real Estate Chalk Talk on AM 1280 The Patriot every Sunday at 12 noon. Brought to you by the Hitner Group, the number one Colwell Banker Group in the nation. Online at hitnergroup.com. And tune in to Real Estate Chalk Talk every Sunday at 12 noon on AM 1280 The Patriot. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It It was was actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable, so don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, Could Could I I have have EPI? EPI? Sponsored by AbbVie. At Salem Media Group, we are looking for sales professionals with a rare blend of talent and skill to be a part of our community. First, you know beyond any doubt that sales is your thing. And while your current situation may not embody this ideal, you are still committed to the consultative process, a sales method that incorporates creativity and partnership deeply rooted in a matchmaker philosophy. Second, you truly are a fanatic about prospecting. You love the hunt. You think about new business all the time and always have your antennas up for leads that make sense. And third, you are what we at Salem Media Group call an appointment procurement professional. That's right. You're skilled and adept at gaining a face-to-face audience with key decision makers to investigate win-win opportunities. If this threefold identity describes you, call me, Nick Anderson, General Manager at 651-289-4408 or visit us at am1280thepatriot.com. GodTube.com. Inspiration, comedy, music, faith, and fun. Get the best of GodTube every morning and start your day with a smile. Great faith-based videos sent to your inbox daily when you subscribe at GodTube.com, a division of Salem Media Group. Welcome back, AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson, filling in for the headliner, Mitch Berg. Mitch is away on assignment, but he'll be in for me tomorrow on the closer edition of the Narn from 1 to 3 p.m. But we are here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And we do have the live stream up and running at our Facebook page. Just do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network on Facebook. And uh, as always, we appreciate you, uh, you tuning in. Leaving a comment, question on any of our uh, respective uh, platforms, social media accounts, what have you. Uh, always great to be filling in uh, for Mitch on a uh, on a Saturday. I'd like to see how the uh, other half lives. I remember back some years ago when I used to fill in for Mitch, there used to be a bunch of cars in the parking lot because there would be always live shows broadcasting. It's not really the case anymore. 
there's like usually one other car out there when I uh, when, when when I arrive, you know. So uh, do people usually uh, mail it in, Gabe? They just record their show and uh, send it on to you. Is that how that works now uh, these uh, days? Yeah, I, I think with the upbring of technology and stuff that they can pre-record. I, I think a lot of people like to have their their weekends. So. Sure. Yeah. Uh, there's just some, for me. There's just something about being in the studio, and I know Mitch uh, Mitch believes the same thing. Uh, as soon as we were allowed to come back in the studio after the pandemic, because, of course, we broadcasted from our respective home offices uh, during the height of the pandemic two years ago, uh, we had the opportunity to come back that summer of 2020 for a bit. Man, that was uh, uh, didn't realize how much I missed it. But anyways, and uh, yeah, thanks to our guest, uh, Casey Maddox of Americans for Prosperity, uh, for breaking down that uh, post pandemic poll. Uh, it's not a good thing. When uh, the citizens feel as though their civil liberties are being eroded and are afraid to speak up uh, for fear they're being squelched, that is not a good thing, even if it's opinion with which you vehemently disagree. I mean, I, I've said that I've said this many times on my show. You know, what? when did we get to the point where we no longer believed in the uh, mindset of, hey, I may disagree with what you have to say, but I will fight to the death for your right to say it. We we don't have that anymore. I mean, you see it all over the place. The hecklers, the hecklers veto on campus when a speaker comes to campus that they don't like that sort of thing. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. When I was a younger person, I wasn't that well versed in a whole lot of things outside of sports because I was just sports consumed my life. And I really didn't take an interest in politics. I mean, yeah, I checked the box of a political science class in college just because, yeah, you probably should take some electives here, take a political science. And, yeah, I took a passing interest in it. And, uh, But as I got older and more well-versed in this stuff, because I realized it's going to affect me whether I want it to or not, I figured it would behoove me to kind of get a little bit more educated. And you know what it was? This, this may interest you. It was the Gulf War in early 1991. Well, first of all, it was Operation Desert Shield in the summer of 1990 when Iraq went in and invaded Kuwait, and then, it turned, uh, and then it turned into Operation Desert Storm in early 1991 when we had the air attack to you know push back on Iraq, keep them out of Kuwait. And I actually started to consume news about that particular operation. And CNN, this is what they were good at, is they had foreign war correspondents on site. And there was the infamous audio of CNN correspondent Bernard Shaw hiding under a desk in a building that was being bombarded, and I think in Kuwait. I remember that. And I remember, you know, the ramifications, uh, how it impacted Israel, because Iraq was lobbing um, missiles, uh, at uh, at Israel, and Israel had a strong defense system to to shut them down. And Israel, and of course, it didn't behoove America for Israel to join the conflict because they would probably wreak a lot of havoc. And so Israel, I remember Israel being very patient while we basically turned back Iraq, you know, from getting into Kuwait. And of course, there were all the soldiers who ba- who uh, were surrendering, you know, as soon as America went in there to because they didn't want any part of that war, but Saddam Hussein forced him into it. I'm, I just bring all that up to say that that's where I really got well-versed in politics and started to follow it a little more. And, of course, the following year, 1992, was a presidential election and everything else. And 
So my point is, when I became well-versed in the political and social issues, or at least had an opinion on it, and I had a back and forth with someone, it never crossed my mind. Even though I wasn't that strong or confident in my beliefs, it never crossed my mind to say, I wish we could somehow silence that person because they're conveying an opinion I don't like. And it would be much easier for me if I could just speak in my own echo chamber and, and, and people would just take what I have to say at face value and not hit back. But when you do have a conversation back and forth and you're hit in, uh, with someone of different political stripes and you land a solid point that you feel like you've won the argument, even if you're not changing their mind, man, there's, there's, there's something about that. There's an adrenaline rush, you know? When you're having a back and forth with someone and you feel like you've landed a good rhetorical jab and punctured their worldview a little bit, that's a great feeling. And yet, college kids today don't even want to engage. I mean, I remember one of my first jobs out of college. I was uh, I, I, I was working with a guy. We were different political stripes. and we had And we would rib each other back and forth. You know, uh, uh, you know, because you know, he he being a left wing lib and my being a, a conservative, you know, he'd call me a right wing nut job. In fact, that's what I describe as my political beliefs on Facebook is right wing nut job. You know, er, based on that conversation almost thirty years ago. You know, but we never got angry or bitter or wanted to come to blows because we disagreed on policy. We just disagreed. And we would rib each other about what the other side was doing. I said, yeah, I saw one of your uh, showcasing libs on the con- floor of Congress last night. Boy, what a gas bag that is. You know, we just have fun with each other. And yet now, if you come across that someone who has different political stripes, my God, especially on the left, leftists, they, they treat you like you're the Antichrist. They want nothing to do with you, like you're some sort of heretic. And it's a shame. It, it, it really is a shame. So... I just this is kind of an extension of my conversation with Casey Maddox. The fact that this is he- causing people to hesitate to want to share their opinions for fear of what the repercussions might be. Uh, again, that's not a good, healthy place to be uh, in our society, in our representative republic. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network, with me, Brad Carlson, filling in for the headliner, Mitch Berg, back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. As Winston Churchill said, all the great things are simple, and many can be expressed in a single word. Freedom, justice, honor, duty, mercy, and hope. Hi, this is Andrew Parker with the law firm Parker Daniels Keyboard. Join me every Sunday at 4 p.m. for the Victory Hour, when we will talk politics, Israel, and the law. The Victory Hour, Sunday afternoons at 4, here on The Patriot. I'm impressed with my attorney, Bernie. Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free GetUpside gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes, up to 25 cents a gallon cash back every time I buy gas. And does that actually add up to anything? I'll make 200 to $300 this year. 
<laughs> wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free GetUpside app now. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code PIPE for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents a gallon on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code PIPE for up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code PIPE. Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about the 100% drug-free relief factor. We all deal with aches and pains in our day-to-day lives, and I have had my fair share, including injuries like a detached quad muscle that, I can tell you, fell into the category of really bad pain. But I've been able to manage the pain by taking relief factor. It helps your own body to attack and fight off sources of inflammation, the source of most of our aches and pains, and I've loved it for years now. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick starter pack for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. Your feet will stay warm in the cooler weather with insulated waterproof boots from Chet's Shoes. Chet's takes the time to measure your feet and make sure you have the right boots for whatever you're doing. Whether you need safety or regular toe styles, the friendly specialists at Chet's Shoes know what will work for you. Shop a local 70-year family-owned store. Visit their Spring Lake Park location or online at Chet'sShoes.com. Remember, Chet's mobile shoe service can bring the store to you. If the shoe fits, you've been to Chet's. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N A R N Show for any comments or questions. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. Yeah, it's me, Brad, filling in for Mitch Berg, the headliner edition of the Narn. Mitch will be in for me tomorrow from 1 to 3 p.m., so hopefully you can uh, tune in. And uh, if you are just tuning in right now and want to hear uh, the uh, first uh, hour as well as the previous two segments to this one, uh, be sure to check out the podcast immediately after the show. No pressure, Gabe. They expect the podcast immediately after the show. I'll put it up there as quick (laughs) as I can. (laughs) I know you will. I know you will. It's typically up there within about uh, 15 to 30 minutes after the show. Uh, go to am1280thepatriot.com, click on podcasts, and click on Mitch's podcast page, and it will be there. So, uh, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, so, I I can hardly blame if the new if uh, members, employees of the New York Post went around uh, basically with the air of a big "I told you so," uh, but here it is. Uh, this is from the New York Post. Uh, forget the profanity, but you have got to be bleeping us. First, the New York Times decides more than a year later that Hunter Biden's business woes are worthy of a story. Then, deep in the piece, in passing, it notes that Hunter's laptop is legitimate. 
People familiar with the investigation said prosecutors had examined emails between Mr. Biden, Mr. Archer, and others about Burisma and other foreign business activity, the Times writes. Those emails were obtained by the New York Times from a cache of files that appears to have come from a laptop abandoned by Mr. Biden in a Delaware repair shop. The email and others in the cache were authenticated by people familiar with them and the investigation. Authenticated? You don't say! You mean when a newspaper actually does reporting on a topic and doesn't just try to whitewash coverage for Joe Biden, it discovers it's actually true? But wait, it doesn't end there. In October 2020, the Times cast doubt that there was a meeting between Joe Biden and an official from Burisma, the Ukrainian gas company for which Hunter was a board member. A Biden campaign spokesman said Mr. Biden's official schedules did not show a meeting between the two men, the Times wrote, acting as a perfect stenographer. Yet, in the latest report, published Wednesday night, the Times said that the meeting likely did happen. Biden had attended the dinner in question. Funny how this works when you don't just take someone's word for it. In the heat of the presidential race of 2020, the Times never missed a chance to cast doubt on the laptop, saying the information was, quote, purported, close quote, and quoting a letter from former Democratic officials who claimed, with no evidence, that it was Russian disinformation. As recently as September 2021, the Times called the laptop unsubstantiated in a news story. Why was it unsubstantiated? Because of willful ignorance and the Times' lack of, a curious lack of curiosity. Uh, Hunter Biden's business partner, Tony Bobolinsky, came forward immediately after the Post reports and confirmed that the emails bearing his name were legitimate. The Bidens didn't even deny it was true. They just deflected with the media's help, saying it was a dirty trick or not a story. Mostly, the press just ignored it. Now we're 16 months away from the 2020 election, Joe Biden safely in the White House, and the Times finally decides to report on the news rather than carry the Biden campaign's water. And they find that, hey, Hunter Biden's business interest benefited from Joe Biden's political status to a suspicious degree. Perhaps this is a topic worthy of examination. How did the Times authenticate the laptop? It doesn't say. Unlike the Post reporting, which detailed exactly how we got the files and where they came from, the Times does a hand wave to anonymous sources. No facts have changed since fall 2020. They knew the laptop was real from the start. They just didn't want to say so. So on top of that, you have the New York Post, who, which is a publication that has been around for literally more than a century. And because they did the story that could essentially hurt a Joe Biden candidacy about a month before the presidential election, Twitter, and as we were alluding to with Casey Maddox, we kind of alluded to this story, Twitter decides, well, you know what, we don't want, our policy is, we don't uh, we, we don't post stories, you know, conjecture based on hacked materials. Um, technically, there was no hacking. This was a laptop that was left in a repair shop. And when the repair guy saw that the owner of the laptop, Hunter Biden, wasn't coming to claim it and looked it over and saw some pretty damning documents, he turned it over to the FBI. OK, that's not hacking. Okay, there's a store policy where if you leave your laptop there 
for a certain amount of period and it's not claimed, then it's the owner's discretion to do with do with it uh, what they what they will, provided there's no nefarious activities, obviously. And yet they say, well, we don't publish a story based on hack materials. But they had no problem the first month of the Trump presidency posting a story on Trump's ha- uh, Trump's tax returns, which were hacked. Remember, they did a big story on Trump's tax returns and they show and they were received it based on some sort of hacked material. They had no problem publishing that. Facebook did the same thing. In fact, uh, Facebook did a broad sweeping of anybody that made a reference to that New York Post story. In fact, the New York Post's verified Twitter account was locked out to them until well after the election because of this story. I mean, again, technically, these social media companies, they can choose what belongs on their platform and what doesn't. But like we, you know, I was talking about with Casey Maddox, this has been my biggest frustration is the fact that they want to play both sides. They want to give this air of uh, of being the, uh, you know, ethical, ethical arbiters, for lack of a better phrase, by saying, well... You know, yeah, we, you know, by we don't have any. Uh, they imply there there's some legal issues there if they if they allow uh, dubious material to be posted to their sites, but there isn't. They're a platform, okay. And as Casey Maddox referred to, Section 230 gives them these protections because if you remove Section 230, all of a sudden, if you have a blog and some commenter on your blog writes something defamatory in your blog post's comment section. You, the blogger, are are liable for that. And I blog, and I don't want that. Okay? And I, I, I'm small potatoes. But yet, if someone decides to come after me or damage my reputation or what have you, guess what? If there's no Section 230, they can go in the comment section of one of my blogs and post some awful stuff, defamatory stuff, and if I don't catch it in time, and yet legal authorities do, I'd be in deep doo-doo. So Section 230 is a good thing, despite the fact... Donald Trump tried to get rid of it. So this is just another shameful episode for the media, and there has been no apologies. There's been no, re- there's been no correcting the record, nothing. In fact, James Clapper, who was the uh, uh, biggest uh, fist pounder when it, come to, when it came to talking about Donald Trump was illegitimately elected because of Russia, he's, he's doubled down on this. You had members of our intelligent a- intelligence agency dismissing this as Russian misinformation without any evidence whatsoever absolutely disgraceful absolutely disgraceful you know what this reminds me of this reminds me of back in 2012 during the 2012 presidential election when harry reed then the uh, senate majority leader or maybe he was minor uh, yeah he was senate majority leader at the time in 2012 he uh came on and said that, or he, from the Senate floor, Senate floor said that he had uh, heard that Mitt Romney hadn't paid his taxes in 10 years. If you don't pay your federal income taxes within 10 years, that's a felony. So he basically accused a presidential candidate of a felony and did so without evidence. And then a couple years later, whenever it was, maybe it was a few years later, don't remember the exact time frame, he was interviewed on CNN, and CNN 
kudos to them. I, I forget who it was that was interviewing him, called him out on it, said, yo, uh, Senator Reid, I remember from the Senate floor, you accused Mitt Romney of not having paid taxes in 10 years. That were, There was no evidence of that. That never seemed to be true. And Harry Reid didn't deny it, didn't deny that it was fabricated. He just shrugged and said, well, he lost, didn't he? So my point is, this is what progressives do and their allies in the media do. The ends justify the means. If this kept Donald Trump from being president, then it's all good. Okay, so we spiked a legitimate story or spiked access to it. You know, ah, you know, uh, we're technically they didn't do anything wrong. And now Hugh Hewitt, Marty Glarvey, Grace America, Hugh Hewitt uh, was on Fox News the other day. He's talking about if the Republicans take over the House to drag uh, officials from Facebook and Twitter up to Capitol Hill and have them explain themselves for meddling in an election. I don't know how, where you're going to get with that, but I'd be interested to hear their rationale behind it. But, yeah, it's very, very clearly a double standard. So my point is is that uh, Facebook and Twitter basically, I mean, they haven't said this, but I guarantee you now that this has been confirmed to be true by that conservative rag that's known as the New York Times, uh, yeah, they're probably thinking, yeah, the ends justify the means as long as Trump isn't president. Because Miranda Devine, who is a New York Post columnist, also wrote a book on the laptop saga entitled Laptop from Hell, and she did research. And she had indicated that one in six Biden voters in swing states would have changed their vote to Trump or away from Biden or to a third party if they had known about this ahead of time. One in six. And as close as the election was in Arizona, Georgia, Wisconsin, okay, and Pennsylvania, as close as it was in those particular states, one in six flipping their votes to Trump gives Trump the election. So for all of the caterwauling progressives did about the 2016 election in Russia, 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 and it was Russian interference that swung at Trump, no evidence of that, and that was bullpucky, and it's been proven to have been bullpucky. Uh, this, that turns out it was classic projection because they used meddling by their allies in big tech to ensure Trump was not reelected. And again, there will be no retractions. There will be no apologies. There will be no, this is a sad day for our democracy. Democracy dies in darkness. Remember that? What happened to that, Washington Post? Did democracy, because democracy was very much interfered with because this story was not made available to the general public. So, Another disgraceful uh, showing by the media. And again, this is not a good thing. We talked about this with Casey Maddox in the first segment this hour. When people distrust their government and their media and the information that's being disseminated to them, that's not a good thing for a healthy republic. Not at all. And I don't like the direction we're heading in. And it's very, and, and you know what? They'll just, outlets like this, They'll just continue to do it time after time. And we, the people, need to stand up to it and for it. That is, uh, We need to stand up to it. That is for certain. But as long as their specific elected official benefits from it, I don't know that there's enough that will. It's a shame. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NARN show. Brad Carlson, the closer, with one final segment uh, on the broadcast. Filling in for Mitch Berg, the headliner. Go nowhere. Not with the aftermath, after that.
1280 The Patriot. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the sculpture garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. This is Sebastian Gorka, and I want to invite you to join me for a powerful travel opportunity that will likely become the highlight of your year. I'm headed to Israel in November 2022 for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour of the key sites and best places meant to give you an unprecedented view of a world you've likely only read or heard about. Together, we'll uncover key geopolitical insights as we unpack Israel's significance on the world stage. You'll return home empowered by the experience. If you've ever dreamt of visiting Israel, this is your opportunity. Come with me in 2022. For more information, call 855-565-5519 or book online at Stand with Israel Tour. 855-565-5519 or stand with IsraelTour.com. What's your favorite high school sports memory? A late inning rally? A game-winning shot? A photo finish? Maybe it's a pep rally or a pregame ritual. Maybe it's the euphoria of a late-night bus ride home after a hard-fought win. Maybe it's having pizza with teammates after the game. Now, imagine if it never happened at all. School sports need your help. With budgets getting tighter, it's more than the games that are on the line. It's all the traditions, the community pride, the culture of your hometown high school, plus all those memories that are on the line, too. What can you do? It's simple. Buy a ticket when you can. Go to a game. Take the whole family. Let's do everything we can to keep those cherished school sports memories alive. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. You think a lot about your family, your friends, your favorite things to do, but you know what you don't think about? Who's your plumber? Hi, I'm Kayla from Champion Plumbing, and it's okay if the only time you think of us is when something happens, like your water heater quits on you. At Champion Plumbing, we can usually install a new water heater same day. Who's your plumber? Don't think, just call. Champion Plumbing, online at championplumbing.net. That's championplumbing.net. Have you been charged with a gun crime? Have you lost your gun rights due to an old criminal offense? Have you been denied a permit to carry or a purchase of a firearm? I'm attorney Kelly Keegan, and I can help. Contact us for a free consultation at keeganlawoffice.com. Let's go. Hey, welcome back. AM 12, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. It is the headliner edition of the Narn. Sands headliner, Mitch Berg. Mitch in for me tomorrow from 1 to 3, but always honored to be with you on a Saturday. Uh, we do have a call on line one. Uh, we want to get to a call. Uh, it is convention season. A lot of uh, BPOU conventions taking place today. And uh, one prominent candidate that is out there on the trail making her pitch to delegates uh, Kelly Johnner Byrne, she has been on the broadcast a couple of times. She is vying for the Republican nomination for Minnesota Secretary of State. Uh, Kelly, thanks for uh, calling in. How are you? Hey, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Uh, where are you calling us from? Um, I don't know. Somewhere, somewhere in Minnesota. <laughs> We've hit so many. Uh, I'm in uh, in uh, Falcon Heights. 
That's where we are. Falcon okay. Heights. We've hit 13 of the conventions today. It's amazing. And we have our team working out state. I am so proud and so blessed that we have so many great volunteers and that we have momentum. Um, and our message is, is resounding really, really well. So many people are sick and tired of all the shenanigans. We had St. Patrick's Day. The shenanigans are done. It's time to move forward with voter integrity. Absolutely. So uh, obviously you running for uh, Secretary of State, a lot of people, when they hear about that uh, uh, particular office, they think obviously what you just mentioned, uh, election integrity and uh, having to do to ensure that uh, votes are being counted and proper uh, and the laws are being applied properly. There is no pandemic exception to the Constitution, as uh, Secretary Steve, uh, Steve Simon found out in 2020. Uh, what is, I guess, the prominent concern on people's mind when they talk to you uh, about this candidacy? I, w- I would assume it's uh, voter integrity, or are there some other issues that are cropping up, Kelly Jenner Byrne? Well, you know, it's really interesting that you ask, because obviously voter ID, provisional ballots, um, and only U.S. citizens voting in, you know, American elections. Sure. I'm married to an immigrant. My husband became a U.S. citizen. Um, we've been married almost 25 years. He voted in his first election. And, you know, there are people out there that are foreign-born U.S. citizens, and they're sick and tired of being pigeonholed into the DFL party. We need to invite them to our party. That's how we get across the finish line in November. That's how we win. It's important that only United States citizens are deciding American elections. And uh, and right, voter integrity starts right there. We need to get rid of our election season, too. You know, we've got hockey season, hunting season, road construction season. We've got a lot of seasons in Minnesota, yeah. but we certainly don't need an election season. 47 days? I mean, good grief. That, that, that's crazy. Whatever happened to Election Day, I think we need to go back to Election Day and stay right there. And, you know, there's so many people right now that today, um, as I've been out and, you know, I've gotten up 13 times to speak today, whether it was on the phone or or uh, it was it was a call in or a uh, a zoom in um, or it was live on stage, educating people that two thirds of what the Minnesota Secretary of State's office does is business services. I'm a small business owner and I have been for 31 years. I spent, you know, 20 years in the corporate world, both as a vice president for American Express Travel and for Choice Hotels International, and, and worked with budgets of in excess of $160 million and, and employees and cultures all over the U.S. Small businesses have been taxed and beaten up enough. Right. You should be able to get your business registration. You should be able to get the business services that you need. But our current Secretary of State's too busy playing, you know, footsies and shenanigans. And, um, you know, we're, we're dropping the ball. There's also 416 open appointments. I would challenge anybody listening to your show to go and apply for one of those open appointments. Perhaps Steve Simon could stop spending money on sending out get out the vote mail. And right. maybe he could, you know, get off his duff and, and get some of the work done that needs to be done. The business secretary of state's office. Sound a little fired up, eh? Indeed, it must, busy day. must have been speaking to some delegates, Kelly. Huh? That's uh, kind of usually what uh, what happens when you uh, have an opportunity to do that. Well, Kelly, we have have about a minute or so. Uh, why don't you give folks uh, uh, some information where they could find you, website, social media, that sort of thing, and uh, find out a little bit more about your campaign. Absolutely, would love to have you follow us. You can go to your phone and download the free app. It's called Swipe Red, all one word. Swipe Red, S W I P E R E D. Um, you can follow us there and you can share our messages. 
Go to our website, Kelly4MN, that's K-E-L-L-Y-F-O-R-M-N, and follow us there. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, and it's all uh, Kelly4MN. We're easy to find, and we want to make it easy to vote and hard to cheat. Absolutely, yeah, that should be the uh, mantra of every single state. Uh, Where are you headed now, Kelly? Uh, We're going to go into this uh, Falcon Heights one, and then we've got a... We've got a couple of other appointments today, and so it'll be a day that'll probably end somewhere around five. And uh, we just wor- we're just working our guts out. You know that that's what we need is we need candidates that have energy. We need somebody that knows the business of the business, that knows the business of elections, knows about the election integrity, the business services, and that's going to work hard. And I'm so I'm so honored I'm so honored to um, have this opportunity to um, you know do what I'm doing. And I'd be honored to be Minnesota's next Secretary of State. We got 22 in, and I want to be 23. Number 20, Secretary of State number 23. <laughs> and the last one we've got is a lawyer, and uh, I think we need to get rid of him. Absolutely, he's uh, circumventing the law. Yeah, time to time to follow the law. Okay, Kelly Johnner Byrne again vying for the Republican nomination for Minnesota Secretary of State. Uh, Kelly, uh, kudos to you uh, putting in some work on what is uh, otherwise a beautiful day. I'm sure. There's other things you could be doing, but uh, you're doing the uh, you're doing out there doing yeoman's work, and uh, best of luck uh, here going forward. Appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Have a great day. All right, we'll do. Thank you, uh, Kelly Johnner Byrne, again running for the Republican nomination for Secretary of State. Kelly for MN dot com is uh, where you can find our website, your one stop shop for everything you need, folks. As always, I've enjoyed it. Me, Brad Carlson, in for the headliner, Mitch Berg. Don't forget, Mitch is in for me tomorrow. From 1 to 3, and uh, he'll be bringing some good stuff, I'm sure. I think he's probably at his BPOU meeting today, so he'll have a few things to say about that, I'm certain. God bless you all, folks. God bless America. How old is your water heater? If yours is around 10 years or you're not getting the hot water you used to, it's time to look for a new one. Air Mechanical can help you find the right water heater or tankless water heater to enjoy those hot showers again. Air Mechanical is family-owned and operated since 1985 and leads the metro area in heating, cooling, plumbing, electrical, and now drain cleaning services. Call or schedule online at thinkami.com. That's thinkami.com. For the life of your home, visit thinkami.com. Warning, warning, warning. Once you taste the Rack Shack's Patriot Burger, other burgers will never measure up. Hey, I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280 The Patriot, and we've partnered with my friend Keith Hitner Sr. from the Rack Shack Barbecue to create a burger worthy of the Patriot name. It's a half-pound burger that's red, white, and blue through and through. American cheese on top, and the American flag proudly waves over the bun. The Patriot Burger comes with your choice of any of our delectable sides, like our famous hand-cut fries, all just for $12.80. Best burger in town as far as I'm concerned, and it's $12.80 anytime, any day. Try today at the Rack Shack Barbecue at the Cedar Cliff Center at Nichols and Cliff in Egan. Be careful. Once you try a Patriot Burger, you may never go back to a regular burger. That's the Rack Shack Barbecue at RackShackBarbecue.com. Get that Rack Shack attack, Rack Shack Barbecue, I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony Madrid. Staff Sergeant Samantha Cowell. Staff Sergeant Alex. Staff Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I'm proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women 
from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I am proud to be a member. And of I'm you. proud to serve in the United and States. And I am Air proud Air. to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. Are you ready for home improvement season? For all your electrical, trust the local pros at Early Bird Electric. Early Bird is known as the troubleshooting experts, and they specialize in old homes, kitchen and bathroom renovations, electric vehicle chargers, rewiring, or just adding outlets for convenience. Early Bird does it all with the best guarantee in the trade. Early Bird even offers same-day and 24-7 emergency service. 612, The Bird. Mention AM 1280 The Patriot, and your trip charge is free with repair purchase. 612, The Bird. 612, The Bird. AM 12. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.